Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Pushkin. Hey, it's Jake. We've been hard at work on season four of Deep Cover. I can't say much about it yet, but I will tell you this. It's a story you won't want to miss. We'll be releasing it this spring, but today we're back with an update on a story from season two. Back in 2022, we released a series called Camouflage Bias, where we shared the story of Ronnie Carrasquillo, a man who was loosely connected to a case that we covered in Deep Cover Season 2, Mobland. Today, we're releasing this special bonus episode with an update on Ronnie's case, because there's some big news. If you haven't heard the original episodes, you can go back and listen now. We just re-released them in our feed, so they're the most recent two episodes you'll see just before this one. Okay, here's the update. I want to start with giving you a brief refresher on Ronnie's case. In the late 1970s, Ronnie Carrasquillo went on trial for the murder of a Chicago police officer named Terrence Loftus. I seen everybody running around, so I said, okay, I'll just fire the gun and they're gonna break off and they're gonna run. So I just fired four shots and I left. I walked, I didn't run, I didn't know I shot anybody. I went walked up back in the house, I walked out the back door, and I left. Oh, 
1978, the judge in Ronnie's case ultimately found him guilty of murder. I spoke with Michael Deutsch, one of Ronnie's attorneys. The judge gave him 200 to 600 years. Wait, did you say 600 years? 200 to 600 years he gave him. Michael thought that the timing of Ronnie's sentence was suspicious. Here's why. He noted that just a few months prior, the judge, Frank Wilson, had allegedly taken a bribe and let a hitman walk free, a notorious hitman named Harry Alamon. Point being, Michael believed the judge wanted to make an example out of Ronnie to restore his own reputation as a tough judge. Wilson took $10,000 to acquit Harry Alamon, and now he needed what's called uh, compensatory bias. Compensatory bias. That's this idea that a judge takes a bribe in one case and then, to avoid suspicion, punishes the hell out of another defendant in a separate case. It's also called camouflage bias. After the verdict came down, Ronnie began serving out his 200- to 600-year-long sentence. I had to wake up and realize, man, I'm in trouble. Ronnie filed some early appeals that went, well, nowhere. And I told my father, don't buy no more appeals. Don't buy no more lawyers. I go to the parole board, they're going to seize it. And I shot this guy from far away. There's no intention in it. And, I, and I'll make parole. Parole. Ronnie and his legal team thought that this would be their best recourse the best chance at getting Ronnie released. But as we reported back in 2022, that route has presented some challenges. How many times have you been before a parole board? I think 35 times. At least 35 times. In the 47 years that Ronnie's been incarcerated, he's come close to being granted parole a few times. He's even come within one vote of being set free. But it hasn't happened, in part because there's been stiff opposition from the police unions. Ronnie turned 65 last year. He spent nearly all of his adult life serving out this sentence. But he's never given up hope that one day he might be released. In this episode, we'll cover Ronnie's latest parole hearing. And we'll hear an update from him. Because since we last spoke with him, his story has taken a very big turn. I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on the storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. 
Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency. Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered... How can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility, meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first-place winner in the industry category at last year's Unconventional Awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. I'll save you a seat. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The last time I spoke with Ronnie, he was still in prison and hoping that his next parole board hearing would finally work out. These hearings are a very big deal. We bring 70, 80 people with us from Chicago to come and show support for the hearing, which takes place in Springfield. That's Jennifer Sobel, 
She's the executive director of the Illinois Prison Project, a nonprofit that represents incarcerated people. She's represented Ronnie for the last few years when he appeared before the parole board. So, you know, at 5 a.m., we all get in our cars, get in our buses and our vans, and we, we pile down to Springfield. Jennifer and a gaggle of Ronnie's supporters show up at the hearing. And on that particular day, Jennifer had a special guest. The person sitting next to me who was going to argue that Ronnie should be released was Tom Breen, who prosecuted Ronnie in the first place. Tom agreed to help advocate for Ronnie's freedom. In fact, he told Jennifer that he expected and had hoped that Ronnie would have been paroled decades ago. So here was the prosecutor who'd put Ronnie in prison. Now he was telling the parole board to let him out. Tom said that he was, quote, astounded that Mr. Carrasquillo hasn't been paroled yet. Tom Breen's attendance there that day was a big deal. But Jennifer told me what was even more striking was who wasn't at this meeting. The members of the Prisoner Review Board sort of started whispering to each other, and it became very clear very quickly that something was wrong. There were no police officers. The Fraternal Order of Police wasn't there. It was just us and Ronnie's supporters. Remember, Ronnie had been convicted of the murder of a police officer, and representatives of the Fraternal Order of Police had followed Ronnie's case carefully. I'm not going to get into their stance in detail here, but... If you're interested in more background, we included more on them in the original episodes about this case. Anyway, as you may recall, every few years when Ronnie was eligible for parole, they would pack into the hearing room to object to his release. Except on that day, when no one from the organization was there. It seemed like someone had forgotten to tell them. And so what the parole board did over my strenuous objection is they... I'm doing air quotes here. They bifurcated the hearing. The parole board decided mid-meeting to bifurcate the hearing, split it in two. And here's how that played out. On that day, Ronnie's side made its case. Jennifer told the board that the teenager who entered prison over 40 years ago was a different person now. She told them that he fully admits to his crime and that Ronnie has even been hand-picked to move into a re-entry center to prepare him for life on the outside. And then, a few months later, the board convened again for a second meeting, one that ended up being well attended by the police union. And in the months in between, some people left the board. New members joined. New members who never heard from Jennifer or the prosecutor about why Ronnie should be granted parole. And in the end, the result was still the same. Another dead end for Ronnie. It was an extremely frustrating hearing. And At the end of that hearing, the vote, I believe, was eight to one against parole. It wasn't even close. I, like, eternally the optimist was like, we're going to get him out this year. I really had faith that we would be able to make this system work for Ronnie. And so that denial was a a pretty crushing blow. Who breaks this news to Ronnie? I do. It was awful. It was really awful. Um... But Ronnie has walked this line between optimism and realism for 47 years. Um, And he was not surprised. I think he was extremely disappointed. And in like very like typical Ronnie fashion, he's like onto the courts, let's get to the next. Um, So he was already ready to do the next thing. Ronnie's chances at parole seemed even slimmer than before. His legal team realized 
he needed a plan B. And in fact, they'd already been pursuing that plan B for some time, knowing full well that the whole parole board thing might never work out. And that plan B was to use the courts to petition the state of Illinois to overturn Ronnie's original sentence. Ronnie's attorneys made the case that, since he was barely 18 at the time of the crime, that should be taken into consideration today. They argued that he should be resentenced not as an adult, but as a juvenile. People in this 18 to 26, 27, 28 range are often called in the social sciences, they're called emerging adults. Because although they're physically big and they often act a lot like adults, their their neurocognitive development is not done. The state opposed a new sentence for Ronnie. Their argument was Ronnie had a shot at release, parole. And as long as he did, well, he shouldn't be granted a new sentence. And the court agreed with this. Ronnie's legal team appealed that decision. It took time, but eventually a panel of three judges heard their appeal. By then, it was the summer of 2023. Ronnie had just been denied parole in that eight-to-one vote after the bifurcated hearing that I just told you about. Ronnie's legal team argued that this latest denial was proof that he had no real shot at parole. And this is why he needed a new sentence. Ronnie just went before the parole board. He's never gotten out before. And now his vote count is going down. He had this great hearing. He had the prosecutor who prosecuted him saying he should get out. Parole is not meaningful for Ronnie. For Ronnie, parole is a sham. The panel of judges heard Ronnie's appeal. They heard about his childhood, about his years in prison, and about the many times that he'd appeared before the Illinois Prisoner Review Board. And then, one day, they reached a decision. I'm in my office, um, and I get an email from Chick, Ronnie's appellate lawyer, saying that the court has agreed with us that, um, that parole is meaningless in this context, that Ronnie should at least have the opportunity to be treated like a juvenile, and that the matter was going to be remanded back to the trial court. What's the moment when it becomes clear to you that maybe this is going to happen. When the judge said, all right, well, let's get this on the calendar next week, he's waited long enough. That's when I knew. That's when I hoped things were real. When the judge said, let's get this on the calendar, he's talking about a new sentence for Ronnie, as in, it's time. We'll be right back. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on the storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. 
Listen to the Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024. J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency. Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered, how can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility, meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first place winner in the industry category at last year's unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. I'll save you a seat. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. On October 18, 2023, yet another hearing was held. The appellate court had thrown out Ronnie's 200 to 600-year sentence. The judge at this hearing would determine what his new sentence would be. It was absolutely packed. Not only was Ronnie's friends and families, but, but several members of the parole board who had been fighting for his release for years came to the hearing, which was just unbelievable. The hearing was, was short. Judge Maldonado had already heard hours and hours, days, in fact, of testimony about how incredible Ronnie was. 
the judge ruled from the bench and sentenced him to to 47 years, and the courtroom just exploded. 47 years. Ronnie had been incarcerated since 1976. So this new sentence amounted to time served, meaning Ronnie would be released right away. People were crying. I was crying. I think all the lawyers were crying. (laughs) Ronnie was really still. I don't think that he had fully taken it in or maybe wasn't wasn't ready to trust it until he was released, which happened later that day. Yeah, it was amazing. It was one of the most joyous things I've witnessed in a courtroom. In late October of last year, I got a text from Ronnie's brother telling me that Ronnie was home. I couldn't quite believe it, not until I actually heard directly from Ronnie. Ronnie? Yes, sir. How are you? Well, I'm just, uh, my brain camera's just taking in all kinds of new things. You know, starting from scratch, like kindergarten or something. I spoke to Ronnie on the phone in late December, and we talked about the lead-up to his release. For the last year before getting out, Ronnie had been held in a lower security facility, known as a reentry center. They placed me in there to get, uh, basically, like, reestablished, learn a little computers. Uh, learn how to say hello again. You know, when you're in a maximum setting for so many years, you you basically lose how to say good morning or uh, good afternoon. Ronnie told me that living in this reentry center was an adjustment. He'd spent decades in a maximum security prison, being told where and when to go. Now, here he was, for the first time, checking a watch. You're steady looking at your clock. What time is it? And I was like, man, this watch is like a job. You know, I never, never paid attention to a watch. It didn't matter in a maximum setting. Sunday, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, you're just going around in circles. But over in the, in the reentry center, you make your appointment and it's up to you to be there. Ronnie was moved to this reentry center in 2022. It's a small and selective place designed for people who are on the brink of being released. But exactly how that might happen for Ronnie still remained elusive. Then one day... Ronnie got a phone call. I was out in the yard, and uh, a counselor lady, you know, me and her kind of cool, so she come running out there, and she said, hey, I got a call from your, your brother, and, and he said to call home. She said, it's not an emergency, but you need to call home. Ronnie called his brother, and he told him the news. The court had ruled in his favor. His 200 to 600-year sentence had been vacated. Then someone at the reentry center printed the decision for Ronnie to read. All it said was a uh, uh, sentence vacated. When I, seen, when, I, when I seen that, I was like, oh, man, you know, 600 years gone. I was like, whoa, man, this is, a, you know, this is it. Ronnie understood what would happen next. He began to prepare. So I just uh, passed everything out, uh, commissary, my tablet, whatever, lamps, uh, radio, everything, TV, you can fan, just razors, trimmers. Hey, y'all, take everything. I'm, I'm not coming back. It's over. Wow. You gave away all your possessions that you had. I didn't take nothing but my Bible, my photo album, and my legal papers. Other than that, I didn't need none of that. On October 18th, 2023, Ronnie was released. The very same day he was resentenced. He walked out into the free world. A crowd of supporters greeted him. They waited hours but really, 
years for this moment. All my brothers, my sisters, you know, friends, attorneys, uh, a lot of people, people I've been in prison with, people I've been lived in prison with, just a multitude of people waiting out there. A lot of people. It, that sounds like that could be kind of overwhelming. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. And then you can't, everybody's, uh, you know, you're hugging one after another. Just to see them, some of them, some people I haven't seen 30 years. And, you know, I'm seeing, I knew them as a young man. Now I'm looking and, you know, we're all older. And you just, you just laugh. You're just having a good time. I asked Ronnie about that first night that he spent on the outside with his family. We just, you know, sat around and, you know, they were pizzas and donuts and just, you know, ju- uh, juice and just talking and, and hugging on each other and just, you know, we haven't sat on couches together since little kids. So just leaning on each other, laying on each other and just, you know, just love. Ronnie told me he took turns catching up with people for hours and hours late into the night. You know, until one or two o'clock in the morning, finally, uh, hey, you gonna you gonna lay down a little bit? So I was eating cough drops after cough drops, losing my voice talking so much. <laughs> That's what happened. We talked a bit about Ronnie's plans for the holidays and how he intends to spend his days now as a free man. I'm going to go back to the prison I came from because I started a program in there with other individuals called Credible Messengers Mentorship Program. Now I'm soliciting to the juvenile centers and the wardens to, I want to walk into the facilities where the juvenile uh, young men are and walk the yard with them or be in the gym with them, you know, to uh, help them understand direction because some of them guys already have sentences and they have to go to the prison. So I just want to advise them. I can't. That kind of blows my mind, though. I can't imagine. It's hard for me to put myself in your mindset. You'd actually want to step foot inside a prison again. Well, you know, I'm, I've been practicing Christianity for a long time, and I don't uh, leverage God, but uh, I'm a walking grace. I understand walking into a prison system when I was 18 years old with 600 years. I understand them young men that are in that in that position. So. Is bigger than me. It's not about my my life. I did mine already, so now it's, you know, reaching back. Years back, when Ronnie was still in prison, I asked him what he'd most look forward to doing, if and when he ever got out. He said he'd just walk out into the backyard, look up at the stars, take a deep breath, and at last, savor the feeling of being safe. Now I asked him if he ever did this. Once I got to the house, it was nighttime. I didn't go to the back, but I just stayed in the front, just looking around, just like, wow, just peace and quiet. I just said, hey, this is it. You could just see the peace. So I said, hey, it's over. Deep Cover is produced by Amy Gaines McQuaid and Jacob Smith. Our editor is Karen Chikurji. Mastering by Jake Gorski. I'm Jake Halpern.
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. In the tradition of radio classics, here in Tales of the Night are the stories, horrors, and legends that inhabit the streets of Mexico and Iberoamerica. The darkness of the most successful and acclaimed horror podcast across all categories in Latin America looms over you. Now in English, Tales of the Night. Tune in now. But be warned, because in the silence of the dark, you might just become the next protagonist of Tales of the Night. Listen to Tales of the Night wherever you get podcasts.